Hello, I'm Pastor Daniel Flukey. Welcome to the Sermon Podcast from Christ the King and Living Hope Lutheran Churches. We are congregations of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, located in Port Washington and Saukville, Wisconsin. We believe God's love is for you. Here's our message for this week. A reading from the second chapter of the Gospel of Luke. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judah, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house of the family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth, and lying in the manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. Here ends the reading. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. How many of you have ever been part of a church Christmas program? 
My first time as a kid in a church Christmas program, I was a yield sign, like the red triangle. I think it was some kind of metaphorical interpretation. I've also been a shepherd. I've been a donkey at least twice. Micah loved being an angel in the program last week that we did here at church. There's a story that I heard about one Sunday school Christmas program, and it was about Mary and Joseph as they traveled looking for a room, looking for a place to stay in Bethlehem. And so in the program, a very visibly pregnant Mary and Joseph moved from place to place around the sanctuary, looking for lodging, asking over and over again. And over and over, they are told, there is no room for you here, and they're sent away. And right in the middle of the story, one kid who was playing an animal in the pageant stood up, deviated from the script, and loudly called out, hey, come over here by me, I'll make room for you. You can see that happening, right? I have no idea if that story is true or not, but I love what it illustrates. Christmas is a story about making room. And as Luke tells the story of Jesus' birth, he says, Mary gave birth to Jesus, wrapped him up, and laid him in a manger. Why a manger? Odd place for a child. Well, there was no room for them in the inn. And that one line, there was no room for them in the inn, has led to thousands or millions, maybe, of Christmas programs, including somebody who gets to play the innkeeper and the innkeeper's wife. They get to be the people to reject the holy family. And maybe you've heard this before, and if not, I'm very sorry if I'm destroying your picture of the nativity, but there was probably no innkeeper at that first Christmas. There was not a Bethlehem hotel where Joseph forgot to make a reservation. Remember, Mary and Joseph are traveling for the census to Joseph's home village. His family is from Bethlehem. He has relatives there. Some of you are here tonight because you have relatives here. And so in the Bible, in Luke, that word that's translated as in really just means guest room. There's an entirely different word for a commercial guest room, a hotel or a, a lodging place. And Luke uses that word in a different story. It's not like he didn't know the other word. The guest room that he's talking about here is probably a lean-to built onto the end of a one-room first-century Palestinian house. And the problem that Mary and Joseph have, of course, is that the guest room is already full of relatives who arrived home earlier and claimed the good beds. But in a traditional Palestinian home at this time, there is another space available. I don't know if you can see that diagram, but about 80% of the house, the main portion, is this raised terrace where the family cooks and eats and sleeps. It's the living room. It's the family living room on the diagram. And then at the end, there's a small lower level for animals. It's labeled stable there. And built right into the raised terrace are the mangers. Dr. Ken Bailey explains, if the cow or the donkey or whatever is hungry at night, it can stand, remember they're in the house, it can stand and it can reach the feed on the floor of the upper family living space, often about four feet higher than the level for the animals. What is unknown to the Western reader, that is us, is the fact that in a traditional Palestinian home, the mangers essentially are in the living room. And just as it is today in the Middle East, hospitality was a very important traditional value in Jesus' time. So it is unimaginable to think that Joseph's family, his blood relatives, 
would not have made room for him. And in fact, the story is saying they did make room. Since the guest room was full, they didn't throw them outside into a shed. No, they cleared out the main family room where the mangers are for Mary to give birth. Dr. Bailey continues, the traditional understanding of the story is a slur on the ability and integrity of Joseph. Is the entire village of Bethlehem so hard-hearted that no home is open to a woman about to give birth? No, far from leaving their relatives out in the cold, Joseph's family goes to the effort of making room wherever they can, making a space for Mary to have her child. Christmas begins with a family making room. Our theme this season here at Christ the King has been the question, how does a weary world rejoice? And tonight's answer, the answer at Christmas, is that we rejoice by making room. And so we might lose the innkeeper as a character in the story, but the point about making room for Jesus is still true. Through hospitality, welcome, and inclusion, we make this weary world a little bit brighter. We let that light of Christ shine through us. And without an actual innkeeper, we don't get the privilege, the excuse of blaming one hotel clerk with a bad attitude. The story instead becomes much more personal. The Christmas Christmas theme of making room is not just about that literal first Christmas in Bethlehem. It is about us today recognizing Jesus in the face of the stranger, recognizing Jesus in the people around us, even in distant relatives who show up when the house is already full. In a Christmas sermon in 1543, a long time ago, Martin Luther said, the inn was full. There are many of you who think to yourselves, if only I had been there, how quick I would have been to help the baby. Why don't you do it now? You have Christ in your neighbor. You ought to serve your neighbor for what you do to your neighbor in need, you do to the Lord Christ himself. So I wonder tonight, what does it mean for you to make room for Jesus in your life today? to welcome him into the living room, the family room? How does seeing Jesus in neighbors around us change the way that we live when we walk out of this room tonight? Part of what has stuck out to me this year in reading the Christmas story is that this Christmas story is both cosmic and also personal. So we started tonight with John's epic telling of Christmas, this cosmic story of God's light breaking into the world. And our world needs that message. There is plenty of gloom in our world. And I don't just mean the fog today. It is pretty gloomy out. There's plenty of weariness in the world around us, both in Jesus' time and today. And so John describes how we need God's light to break in. And Jesus is that light of the world, born and dwelling among us. And then we heard Luke's version of the Christmas story, where this magnificent cosmic scale event takes place on a local personal level. And Luke plants this miraculous story of God's work firmly into human history. And the story 
doesn't look very magnificent or glorious the way Luke tells it. Jesus is born during the rule of King Herod in a time when there was this Roman Empire who could just make a decree and everybody would be forced to travel to be counted and taxed in a crowded small village in Palestine. God chooses to enter the world. God comes to this broken world. God comes to us in an unexpected and yet perfectly ordinary way. At Christmas, God makes room for everyone. The angel says to the shepherds, this is good news of great joy for all the people. People like shepherds and magi, even people like us. 2,000 years later. This story, this baby born, is a thrill of hope in a weary world. This baby is here to change our lives, your life, my life, the lives of magi and shepherds and kings. There are good reasons today for us to be weary. As Pastor Sarah Speed's poem on the back of the bulletin says, you and I cannot fix everything broken in this world but we can proclaim the hope of Christmas. Every single day in a million different ways, we can insist God's love is big enough to include you and me and the world. We can insist on making room for everyone to be included. We can't calm every storm, but we can turn on the porch lights. We can rejoice in this weary world because God has come to us. Even in the times and the places where the world does not recognize God, doesn't make room for Jesus, he comes to us anyway. We can spread joy by making room, inviting others into the celebration, making room for others because this good news is too good to keep to ourselves. We can join the angels in proclaiming Messiah's birth. This Christmas... Perhaps God is calling us to be the ones to stand up and deviate from this world's script and say, hey, come over here by me. I will make room for you because God has made room for all of us. Through this baby born at Christmas, God calls us to look beyond the weariness of this world, beyond the weariness of our lives, and with a thrill of hope, rejoice. So make room for joy. Rejoice that God is doing something new in your life, in my life. God is doing something new in this world with all of its brokenness and weariness. Rejoice that God has come to dwell with us, that God has stepped into human history, entering this weary world to redeem it, to lead us to a better way. The King is born and his kingdom will be justice and peace. He will reign forever, and there is room for you in his kingdom. Rejoice, for Christ our Savior is born. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. To learn more about the ministries of Living Hope and Christ the King, to ask for prayer, or to make a donation to support the work we are doing in Ozaki County, you can visit our websites at livinghopesockville.org or ctkport.org or click the link in the show notes to find us online or on social media. May God bless you and we hope you'll join us again soon.